Would you take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Philippians chapter 3? Philippians 3, and we're going to look at verses 20 and 21 this morning. In a, in a moment, we'll be there. You can turn there in our last couple of studies here in Philippians. Uh, we've been here in chapter 3 for a while. Yeah, I know you probably cannot wait to finish chapter 3. This is the day. This is the day we finish chapter 3. But God's Word is so good, and I believe it's so good to be patient, take our time, and, and mind the depths of God's Word. It's one of the reasons I like to preach verse by verse through books of the Bible. One of the reasons is I want to teach you how to read your Bible. It is so easy to have our favorite verses. And there are probably some of you who have a lot of favorite verses in Philippians. And we could just dwell on those, but that's not healthy for us. So I hope you bear with me as I plod through books of the Bible, because I believe it's so good for us to take a book and read it and study it and hide God's Word in our hearts. In the last couple of studies here in Philippians in chapter 3, we've heard the call to followers of Jesus, to imitate godly examples. We've also been taught to recognize and avoid sinful examples. And then, by implication, we've been taught that we ought to be godly examples that others can imitate as we follow Christ. Wouldn't it be wonderful if this church was filled with people that Anybody could safely follow and imitate and become more like Christ because they've been doing that. Not that they don't need God's Word. Not that they don't need the church. Not that they don't need the Holy Spirit. But, but God gives us this instruction so that we'll be reminded, look for good examples, avoid bad examples, and be godly examples. Today we arrive at this conclusion here, Philippians 3. and You're going to see a sharp contrast here from our study last Sunday. It was then we heard the warning. And it's kind of a serious passage. I heard a few of you after the Lord's, uh, Lord's Day, yes, last Sunday say, wow, that was a heavy, that's a heavy passage. It is. Um, when we're being warned of those who would lead us astray, that's a warning. And we ought to take that seriously. But today is a sharp contrast to that. And it gives us reason to rejoice and look forward to our eternal home with the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, when we saw this warning from Paul in verses 18 and 19 to avoid those who are sinful examples, he says, avoid those who are enemies of the cross of Christ. Enemies, that's strong language. Now, as we arrive here at these last two verses in chapter 3, Paul is emphasizing the eternal joy that we have as we await as people of Christ, as people of God, as people who have their faith fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who long to see Jesus face to face, for people who are awaiting, who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who alone forgive sins, we have this eternal home to look forward to. And when we arrive at these last two verses, we're going to see it. And I want you to read with me, or at least follow along. Uh, don't read out loud. Let me read out loud. Uh, you follow along in your copy of God's Word. And as I read these verses, I want you to look for glimpses into the heavenly home and hope of all believers in Jesus Christ. So look at verses 20 and 21. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So here's the first of three glimpses we get from this passage into the heavenly home that awaits all believers in Jesus Christ. And you have, if your hope is in Jesus, you have a heavenly home to look forward to. And I hope you're looking forward to it. First, I want you to note the heavenly citizenship of all believers in and followers of Jesus. Do you see it? In verse 20, Paul says, But our, talking to believers, but our citizenship is in heaven. He's contrasting that view of people whose only concern is is earthly, thinking of only earthly things. From verse 19, with the heavenly anticipation of believers in Jesus here in verse 20. So we see in verse 19, their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with their minds set on earthly things. They're only thinking of earthly things, but not to be true of believers. If your hope is in Jesus Christ, you are not to be fixated on the earthly. Do you need the earthly things to survive this side of heaven? Yes, you do. God knows that. You know what? God also gives us things we don't need. Many of us have far more things than we need. And we try to maintain them and find that they distract us from the heavenly We need balance. We need to be really careful that we're not so overburdened with the the enjoyment and the overblessings of earthly things that we're not thinking of heavenly things, that we're not thinking of eternity in the home that we have for us and those who we would love to see in heaven someday. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior. Do not forget that. Every day remind yourself so that you're thinking with heavenly priorities. When Paul writes to the church at Philippi that their citizenship is in heaven, in verse 20, he's using a concept that they would easily grasp. It would make sense to them. He's thinking of something that they could easily grasp. But when you think of heaven, you can likely get where where we're going here. When you think of heaven, does it not seem far off? Does heaven not seem far off? It does seem far off, doesn't it? Well, these believers to whom Paul is writing uh, in Philippi, Philippi was a colony of Rome. And as residents of Philippi, these Philippian believers had been extended Roman citizenship. Yet many of them had never been to Rome, had never seen Rome, would never be to Rome. But yet, here they have this Roman citizenship in this place that they may never see. It's far off. For you today, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a heavenly citizenship. It might seem like it's far off. And you might be tempted to think, will I ever see it? But if your hope is in Jesus, you can count on it. You will be in heaven someday. You will see the Lord Jesus Christ. Your citizenship is in heaven. Even though right now your earth is home. Even so, you have a heaven to anticipate. So you can live with confidence. This is one of the things that ought to encourage us 
we got to have confidence about that day when we'll see Christ. We don't know when it is. But yet, it ought to give us great confidence and joy as we live this life. You can live with confidence knowing that God has placed a place prepared for you. For all people who follow Jesus. That's what we hear. Uh, listen to this passage from John 14, from the Gospel of John uh, chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many rooms. If, you were not, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. I think that every funeral that I've preached, I've read that passage. And it's not for the one who's deceased. It's for the people who are still living so that they'll know to put their hope in Christ because the Lord Jesus Christ is preparing a heavenly home for all of His children. If you're a believer in Jesus, you have a heavenly home that awaits you. That ought to thrill you. And Luke chapter 10 and verse 20 reminds you that you ought to rejoice that your names are written in heaven. If, you're, if your hope is in Jesus and in Him alone for the forgiveness of your sins, you rejoice, you can rejoice, and you ought to rejoice that your name is written in heaven. 1 Peter 1.4 reminds you that you have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Kept. You will not lose it. You cannot lose your salvation if your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ because it's not you keeping it. It's Jesus who keeps you. It's Him who's prepared a place for you that He is keeping for you. Think about when you've been away from home for a while, it's good to come home, isn't it? I noted, uh, I talked about camping earlier. We've done a lot of camping through the years and uh, with our kids. It's a very inexpensive way to vacation and, and it tends to be a lot of fun. And it makes some very interesting memories. Uh, we've got all kinds of fun stories to tell you about camping that we've enjoyed together. Some at the time we weren't enjoying so much, but sure makes for a good story later. All those times you come home from being gone, even if it's just a short trip to go visit friends or family for a couple of days, you sleep in someone else's bed, you ride in someone else's car, you eat someone else's prepared food, and it's just not home, is it? But when you get home, so nice, so nice to be home, so refreshing to be where you set the routine, where you fix what you want to eat, where you get to sleep in the bed that you're used to and you have prepared just for you where you get to set the temperature on a thermostat just the way you want it, and you don't have to freeze to death or sweat bullets. doesn't matter. Think about this, though. It doesn't matter how wonderful it is to come back to your earthly home. It cannot compare to what you will experience when you get to heaven. Anticipate that day. It doesn't matter how wonderful earthly things are. They cannot compare to what's yours in Christ in heaven. Do you long for that day? Do you long for the eternal things? Do you long to see Jesus? If you do, it will change how you live today. This is one of the reasons we ought to long for eternal things. Not that we don't want to be here anymore, although there's, there may be a part of that that we deal with. Boy, I wish we could be done with this, right? Or done with that, and, and won't we, that be the day when we see Christ? But we ought to long for what 
the Lord Jesus Christ is preparing for us so that we will live wholeheartedly in this day now that God keeps us here on earth. You realize that God is the one who keeps you here on earth and he'll take you home when he's ready. Living in anticipation of the Lord's return and the realization of your heavenly citizenship is going to help you live with better priorities, with better affection. Set your heart on things that are above, not on things on the earth, right? So are you doing everything in your power to live for today? I mean, is that all you're doing? Just doing the best you can to live for today, to enjoy today, to enjoy this week, to enjoy this year, gaining as many things as you can or, or are you living every day for eternity? Are you investing today in eternity? Are you investing in eternity to the life, the life that God has given you to live on this earth? We learned this from Jesus in Matthew 6, verses 19 and 20. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Prepare for eternity so that you can live today like no other day. This leads us to the second half of verse 20 and to the believer's expectation and anticipation. We're getting these little glimpses into heaven. Little glimpses into what we ought to anticipate. The believer's expectation and anticipation. As believers in Jesus, we have His return to look forward to. Paul says in verse 20 that we are awaiting from heaven a Savior who is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Greek word translated await here has the sense of eagerly waiting for Christ to return. But also there's this sense of waiting with patience. It comes with the word waiting, doesn't it? We think about waiting. Are you eager to see Jesus? Are you looking forward to His coming? Sometimes we forget that He could return. He could return to rapture His church at any moment. Wouldn't that be something if that were today? As you eagerly wait for Christ's return, you also need to be patient. You need to be patient. Have you ever anticipated the arrival of, of family, uh, family friends, or uh, you know, someone coming to visit for a while? You ever get so anxious, or just an- the anticipation is so thick and heavy that, that you... You can't be productive because you're, you're like looking and trying to figure out. Um, a kids in, uh, surprised me Friday night to come and visit for the weekend, which was really neat. They told Carolyn, about 11, 15, I'm shutting off the lights and I'm getting ready to go to bed. And Carolyn's like still up, which is really unusual. And she cleaned really hard after supper, which was really unusual. <laughs> whatever, I'm, I'm just going to watch TV. So you clean, whatever. This is weird, but you do your thing. She goes, you can't go to bed yet. I was like, what? Like, it's a surprise, but Jacob and Lydia are going to be here any minute. I was like, I'm surprised. <laughs> I wasn't living with anticipation of your arrival Friday night, but I was sure happy to see you, right? But if you know they're coming, what, who was anticipating their arrival? Carolyn was. <laughs> she was working to get the place ready. Took a lot of restraint for her not to go out shopping. 
like she normally does when somebody's coming. That's the way you are, right? When you're when you know someone's coming, it's pretty. You might be working to try to get ready, but you're looking. And, and these days, I'm looking at my phone to see how far away they are. Um, if it's my kids who allow me to track their location. <laughs> I think that idea of patience here suggests that we're to be busy serving the Lord while we wait. It's not that patience means we do nothing. Patience means we prepare and we live in such a way that honors the Lord. God hasn't told us the day or the time of Christ's return, has He? So what day He returns should not preoccupy us. Let's not get caught up in trying to figure out what day or when or what season and we hear this a lot, and I hear it, and you hear it. You know, we, boy, the Lord, boy, you see what's going on in the news, and the Lord could be coming back. Yes, He could. Or it may be another 50 or 1,000 years. We don't know. What we do know is what we're taught. And we're taught to be faithful, be obedient, serve the Lord with gladness, love your brothers and sisters in Christ, love unbelievers enough to tell them about Jesus so they're ready when He returns. Instead of growing impatient, we're to keep serving Him. And not for the sake of passing time, but so that we'll be ready, so that others will be ready. I want others to be ready. How about you? We hear this from Luke chapter 12 and verse 40 when the Bible says, You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. We're to eagerly wait. But that means we're supposed to eagerly ready ourselves for Jesus' return by faithfully serving Him. God calls us to serve Him. He equips us for service. He gives us the church. He gives us His Word. He gives us the Holy Spirit and prayer. And we have one another to help us prepare for that day when He returns. And we have one another to serve alongside as we serve Him. And what a blessing is ours to be able to serve Him this side of heaven while we wait. You like if you feel like things are um, out of place when you're waiting for company to arrive what do you do you, you try to put them in place <laughs> you try to get them ready if you're not prepared you try to get prepared we ought to be getting prepared we ought to prepare ourselves for the Lord's return if we're eagerly waiting for our Savior we're to be going going out of our way to be ready for his arrival we're to be paying attention to putting our spiritual houses in order. We, want, we, we ought to want to be found living in obedience to God's Word, being faithful, serving Him, not sitting around just waiting. Is it today? Is the Lord going to come back today? And just, you know, just waiting and waiting and waiting, not, not serving Him. Well, if you're a believer in Jesus, you have a wonderful promise here and you can live with great hope and anticipation as you look forward to Christ's return and that ought to be a great source of encouragement as you live in the midst of this sin-filled world. It would be easy for us to look around and just complain about what's going on in this world. But what are we doing to prepare ourselves and those around us for the return of Christ? 
Paul wrote to Timothy with a kind of expectation and anticipation that all believers in Jesus should live with when he writes in 2 Timothy 4.8 saying, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That's talking about the anticipation that we ought to have as believers in Jesus as we look forward to his return. If you love his appearing, you live with expectation and anticipation of that day, and you will want to live for him and please him with your life as you wait. Are you eagerly waiting for Christ's return? Are you looking forward to that day? So we've seen here the believer's citizenship. We see the believer's expectation and anticipation. And now note the believer's heavenly transformation. The heavenly transformation of believers. All believers in Jesus can look forward to this day. And some of us are looking forward to the transformation of other people. But we ought to be looking forward to the day when, when, when we are transformed, when I'm personally transformed, when I'm no longer fighting temptation and sin. That's the day I look forward to. All believers in Jesus can look forward to that day, to look forward to that special time when our physical bodies, which we dwell in on earth, will be transformed to be like Christ's heavenly body. Look at verse 21 again. Speaking of Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So at the resurrection of the dead, we will be given glorified bodies like the Lord Jesus Christ's body. No longer will we be subject to the physical limitations and problems that we have now on earth in our current lowly bodies and as we get older our bodies that are falling apart and we realize what lowly means (laughs) disease and sin takes its toll on the bodies that we inhabit on earth but there will be a day when at christ's return the grief that we share on earth will be gone the pain will be gone the suffering will be gone won't that be the day Isaiah 25.8 speaks of this prophetically when pointing to the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, saying, He will swallow up death forever. I love that word in relation to Christ, forever. And the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of His people. He will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. God speaks. This is His Word. This is His truth. And we hear these wonderful words in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 53 through 55. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? In heaven, you'll be able to look back and say that. But even now, we can look forward and say that. Even though we're dealing with 
with pain and suffering and death this side of heaven. And what we look forward to one day as believers in Jesus are glorified bodies, not like anything we know now. Our bodies will be made to be like that of the body of Christ is now. What a wonderful promise this is. But you might wonder, what, wait, wait, what about a person who's dead and buried and whose body is decaying? How, how can a decayed earthly body be transformed into a glorious heavenly body? And I thought of this when our brother in the men's uh, Sunday school this morning, uh, Tom, talked about as a youngster being wondering, you know, when, when the Lord returns on the clouds, how will everybody, how will everybody on the other side of the earth see, see him? <laughs> we see things like this and we're puzzled. How? Our earthly minds can't fathom this. Never forget this. The maker of the universe that made the laws of nature that we're constrained by is not constrained by those laws. He will overrule those laws. The time and space that we're constrained by, God is not constrained by those. He created those for our sake. And so I have no problem thinking, uh, as our brother Tom suggested this morning, that, that when Christ returns on the clouds, yes, everyone on earth, on both sides of the earth, or all four, or however, right? They'll see him. And God will not have a problem making himself shown. Same for a decayed body buried in the earth. God will have no trouble overruling earthly laws that were created for our sake by the creator of the universe. Noted in verse 21, which tells us that Christ can and will do it by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. That's the creator of the universe doing as he chooses. And we should have no problem with that. The Lord manages the whole universe and he can and will instantly change our bodies into glorified bodies. And the older I get, the more I look forward to that. You may suffer severe physical limitations here on earth, but if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can look forward to the day when your body will be transformed. Transformed. Think of the blind person who cannot see. Seeing. Think of the person who has trouble walking. Walking. Think of the person who cannot hear. Hearing. Our bodies will be glorified and our souls sanctified and we will enjoy perfect fellowship with the Lord. What a wonderful day that will be. What joy and hope we have as believers. We have an incredible future in store. And because of all this, the believer's heavenly citizenship, the believer's expectation and anticipation, and the believer's heavenly transformation those things should strengthen and encourage us to keep living for Jesus today, to keep serving Him faithfully with every day that He allows us. Keep serving Him. Keep growing in your love for the Lord. Keep growing in your knowledge of His Word. Keep reading the Word. 
Keep coming to church and being with other believers to be strengthened and encouraged for the rest of your week in the world. As we anticipate all that is ours in Jesus Christ, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be joyful about. I'll say it again. I think I said it last week. Of all people on earth, God's people should be the most joyful. Because we have trusted in Christ. Christ.